Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. Good morning, Broad River. I'm so glad to be here with you. My name is Jacinta. I'm one of the lead pastors here. And if I haven't met you, make sure we say hi in the lobby after church. And um, today we're going to take our text from 2 Kings chapter 4. And that's on page 309 in the Blue Bibles if you want to look at it. But 2 Kings chapter 4. And first of all, before I get started, I want to welcome all of our guests that we have with us here in presence and also online. So let's just give our guests a hand this morning. We hope that you feel right at home. Let us know if you need anything. We're here to serve you this morning. Today, if you haven't noticed, is Baptism Sunday. So we have the baptistry tank set up. We have the water ready. We have everything that you need. So if you have not been baptized, uh, do it today. We have clothes for you. We have everything that you need. And so you can just take advantage of that today. Just let one of the ushers know that you want to be baptized. And they'll make sure that they get it taken care of. You can do it spontaneously, right on the spot. You don't have to prepare ahead of time. We're continuing our series today called Nice Fruit, Nine Ways to Know Your Life is Working. And Calvin and I were talking about it, and I said, I want to do this series on peace because the Lord always speaks to me the most when it's something that I struggle with. And so I said, um... I want to do that one. I want to do the one in peace. And so we're talking today about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not separate things. It's one thing, but it has nine manifestations. And so today we're going to talk about peace. And I hope that uh, you're ready to hear from God and get some peace in your life. I'm going to start in my text, Second Kings chapter 4 through 8. And one day, this is a long passage, so just bear with me. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. And so whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room with a roof and walls, and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And one day he came there, and he turned to the chamber, and he rested there, 
And then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, now say unto her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you like a word spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered simply, I dwell upon my own people. And he said, then what is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. And he said to her, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son. And about that time, the following spring, as Elisha had said to her, and when the child has, had grown, he went out with day with his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, oh, my head, my head. And the father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat in her lap until noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. And then she called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go into the man of God and come back again. And he said, why do you go to him today? It is neither new moon or Sabbath. And she said, all is well. And then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on and do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And when the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, all is well. And then again in Galatians, where we've been, Galatians 5, 16 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against those things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step by the Spirit. And this morning, before we talk about peace, let's explore what a lack of peace is in our hearts. And in our world right now, especially, and in our hearts, we often lack peace. And I've heard a quote before that peace is the absence of conflict, but I think it goes a little deeper than that. Peace is not a distraction from our troubles and peace is not a feeling. And peace is not ignoring the situation. And peace isn't a bumper sticker on your car. We can live in the reality of peace. And many times, as we've all heard before, it's often sin that leads us to a lack of peace. And it's in our nature to worry and to fret. And when we worry and fret, we don't... We show that we don't trust God. Is anybody else a worrier? 
I'm a worrier to the extreme. And do you know how many things that I worry about really come true? About 1% maybe. And still I worry anyway about everything, knowing that the God of peace is there, but I don't take advantage. Tim Keller says it this way, peace is a confidence and a rest in the wisdom and control of God rather than in your own. It replaces anxiety and worry. The fake version of peace is indifference, apathy, and not caring about something. Thought that was an interesting definition, apathy and not caring about something. The word shalom, which is from Hebrew, means nothing missing, that there's wholeness and completeness, that we don't lack anything, that we have everything we need in our hearts, and that's what peace means. When we have peace in the Holy Spirit, we're complete and we lack nothing. True peace will carry us wholly through the darkest times complete. We will not have anything missing. Um, a few weeks ago, my cousin passed away unexpectedly. And she was only 57 years old. And um, we all began to mourn and to weep and, you know, to tell stories and, you know, think about how funny she was and do all this stuff. But this is a picture here of my aunt and uncle the day after they found out. They were watching their service on TV and praising the Lord who had seen them through many dark times and difficulties and who continued to see them through now. This is a picture of perfect peace. When we rest in God, even in the very most devastating, horrifying times, we can still have peace. And I love this picture with their hands raised, saying, thank you, Jesus, for bringing me peace, even in the midst of this destruction. Romans chapter 9, verses three through 9 through 20 says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside, and together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throats are an open grave, and they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, and their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held, be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since the law comes through knowledge of sin. Isaiah 48 and 17, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go, Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, and then your peace would have been like a river, 
and your righteousness like waves of the sea. And we see this kind of harrowing description here of those who don't know the ways of peace and their works cause misery and ruin. And have you ever felt that in your life, this misery that comes from not having the peace of Christ in your life? If we had paid, just paid attention to his commandments, we would live in peace. If we had only listened, we would live in peace. Do you want peace this morning? Stay in your own lane. If you want peace, stay in your own lane. Don't insert yourself into other people's business. Things of life weigh you down. Worry about yourself. Have you guys seen this meme with the little girl trying to get in her car seat and telling her dad, worry about yourself? If, I don't know if you haven't seen it. It was a little too long to play, but worry about yourself. Don't get involved with everybody else. Worry about yourself and where you're going to come to the Lord and find peace. God makes it plain in scripture that every day has its own worry. Every day is going to come to us with heartache. Every day is going to come to us with joy. Every day is going to come to us with sadness. And we have enough on our own hands to take care of ourselves. In scripture, we find that sin binds us. And it keeps us from living in the beauty and the peace of God's kingdom. Let's go back just a little bit and talk about the Shunammite woman. And this is actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible. If you haven't read it, you should go back and read it and read the whole story and see how it ends. I won't give a spoiler today. But she and her husband are very wealthy, and so they make this room for the prophet. And the prophet comes and he promises her a son. And indeed, she has a son exactly when the prophet says she'll have a son. And then he goes to the fields with his father. We imagine that he's probably around five to ten years old. Goes, goes out to the field and begins to cry, my head hurts, my head hurts. And probably nowadays we would think of it as a heat stroke, that he's probably had a heat stroke out in the field. And they bring him to his mother and he dies, this promised child. This child that the, the prophet said she would have is dead. And so she calls and she goes upstairs and she lays him on the prophet's bed. And she calls to her husband and said, I need to go see the man of God right now. I need to go talk to him. And her husband questioned, like, why are you going? It's not a celebration. It's not a Sabbath or a new moon. Why are you going to see the prophet? And she knew that the prophet was the only one who could give her the help that she needed. And the husband said to her, what's going on? And she says, all is well. Now listen, lady, your son is dead. The promised son that you had is dead and laying upstairs and you say, all is well? How is everything well? Your son is dead. How is, how is that well? How do you find peace when something happens that's tragic? What is the secret to peace? And this morning, the secret to peace is to trust the source. 
When the Shunammite woman needed peace, she went to the source of her peace. She knew that no one could help her except Elisha and his God that he served. And when our minds are focused on Jesus, our hearts are at peace. And we have good days and we get good sleep. And I'm talking about the kind of sleep where you're drooling on your pillow and you wake up and it's stuck to your face. That's the kind of peace I'm talking about. We get good sleep. We feel refreshed and alert. We don't lie in bed sleepless at night. Does anybody ever do that? Just lie there and, you, and your mind just tosses and turns. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And, and then you know it's seven o'clock in the morning and you haven't slept all night because you've been worrying. We don't lie in bed sleepless at night, but we fall asleep knowing that he is in control. And how can we say that all is well? when things really aren't all right. We can say that because we can trust him. We can trust in Jesus. What does it mean to say all is well in the midst of a trial? It's not ignorance of the situation. This woman realized that her son was dead. It's not ignorance of the situation. It's not sticking your head in the sand and saying, okay, I'm just gonna ignore this until, until it goes away. It's saying without hesitation that you trust in God. And many people make the decision on their own to lack peace in their lives simply because they won't trust God and the plan that he has. It's a decision that we make to not have peace. And sometimes you wonder, why don't I have any peace? It's because you don't trust God. Isaiah 26, 3 through 6 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the God, the Lord God is an everlasting rock. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let him be afraid. The peace that we have is not, we don't mourn. We don't do things the way the world does. And so peace doesn't come to us the way that it comes to the rest of the world. God says, I leave peace with you and I give peace to you, not as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. When my, my oldest son is 20 five. I knew that. I knew that. And when he was born, I was terrified. I lost all semblance of peace, all semblance of joy. And I would sit all day and hold him because I had convinced myself well, I guess the devil had convinced me that he was going to die. And so I was so afraid that he was going to die that I would just hold him night and day all the time. And so Kevin would come home from work and he would say, what did you do today? And I'd be like, well, I held the baby, you know. And then at nighttime, I didn't want to put him in his crib because I was afraid that something would happen to him that he would die. 
And I began to realize that this was robbing me of my peace of experiencing joy with my baby. And it was messing with my relationship with my husband. And I was in such a mess with this that I just could not find peace. And I had to literally go to the Lord in prayer and just say, God, I need you to help me with this because this is something that I cannot do on my own. And I'm happy to say that the Lord has done that. But there have been many times over my life, because I'm not perfect, that I've had fear and the lack of peace. And the same thing, I have to go to the Father and say, God, I'm worried about this. I'm afraid about this. Can you help me with this? John 16, says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. He is the God who brings peace into our troubled lives. And I want you to hear these next sentences here. Peace comes from knowing who God is, and what God says, and what God does, and in what God calls me to do. That's how we find peace. We know who God is. I know that God is the Savior. He's absolute. He's strong in power. And so I know, first of all, that he can do what he says he will do. And what God says, God says that I'm an overcomer. God says that I'm holy. God says that I'm blessed. God says that I'm righteous. In what God says about me, I find peace. In what God calls me to do, God calls me to serve my family and my community and my church and to be a good citizen and to work hard and to do all those kinds of things. And that's what God calls me to do. Wholeness and completeness in him. And trust that he is guiding our lives and shaping us into the people that we need to be. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is in the areas of my life where I lack trust in God, I will also lack peace. There may be some things that I say, God, I'm going to give you this over here. You can have this, but I'm going to keep my kids to myself because I don't really trust you to watch over them and make sure everything's okay. I've got to worry about that one. So I'm going to worry about this one, but I'll give you this little piece of peace in my life. It doesn't work that way. In the areas of my life where I lack trust in God, I will also lack peace. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known in everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Does anybody want that peace this morning? The peace that when you have a heartache... And the peace that when you have the death of a child or the death of a loved one or you lose your job 
or your spouse is not getting, you're not getting along with your spouse, the peace of God which passes our understanding, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he gives us peace in the dark. He does. He does it every time. And think about a place this morning where you don't have perfect peace. What are you keeping to yourself? What stresses you out and keeps you awake at night? The peace of God surpasses our human understanding. It's given by guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace will give you strength in times of distress. Peace will amplify your times of joy. And peace will carry you from beginning to end all the days of your life. The peace of God will carry you all the days of your life. Would you just pray with me this morning? Father, we just come to you. And we are in need of your perfect peace, God. We are in need of strength to believe that you are working through our heartaches and that you're working through our sorrows and that you have our best interests at heart. God, we want to fall upon the promises that you've made that in you is perfect peace, peace that passes understanding, God. And we don't know how you give us the ability to rest in you, but you do. You give us peace, Jesus. And God, if there's anyone here this morning who hasn't experienced this level of peace and is maybe curious about the God of peace, I just ask right now that you would come into their hearts and change their lives right now, Jesus. Bring peace to their sadness, God. Bring peace to their despair, Jesus. And Broad River, if you would just pray with me so that no one prays alone. God, we just give you thanks for all that you've done for us, Lord. And I just ask, God, that if anyone's here that wants to give their heart to you, Lord, that you would just receive that this morning and begin to give them peace. God, that you would begin to strengthen. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.